Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Happy New Year, Griefsters. I hope you had an okay New Year. I know it can be as tough as Christmas time, so congratulations for just getting through the whole thing, to be honest. And now it's done. We did it. We don't have to do it again. Not for a bit, anyway. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have been enjoying it, please do subscribe, rate and review on the Apple Podcast app and generally tell anyone you know who might enjoy a cheery chat about grief. This week's episode is with the delightful comedian and radio presenter Hattie Ashdown. Hattie hosts The Other Woman Show on Resonance FM and she also runs Screaming With Laughter, the daytime comedy club for grown-ups that babies can attend to, which just FYI, if you do have a baby and live near one, is well worth missing your Gimbarini music class for, trust me. Hattie came in to talk to me about her mum, who died of cancer in 2015, and this chat was recorded at the start of 2016. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hattie. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming today. Who are we remembering today? Well, 
I was thinking about this, and there I I know a lot of people can say, oh, I've had so many people die around me, blah blah blah. But I literally think I might be a professional <laughs> because I think I've ha- because as if anyone was up my show uh, in the previous, I am a nan child. I'll get to that later. Um, I've had people die around me since I was like little. You know, go to a funeral was my thing. But the main person I'm honouring today. Oh, it's so weird saying it, is my mum. Your mum. And then, yeah, so how long ago? Well, it was very recent, wasn't it? Yeah, so the 25th of November. So what is that? What month are you... I can't even do the maths. That's like... So... Uh, like four so months. But yeah, four months. months. So four months. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, as we just said, you're fresh. I'm fresh. That's like a nice way of saying it. You're fresh. <laughs> That's like a positive <laughs> way. Definitely not fresh. You're so fresh right now. Yeah. Oh, my Raw goodness. is another yeah. word. Raw makes me always feel, though... Because you do feel raw and you feel like yeah. you've got no skin. Is that how you feel at the moment? Do you, do you still feel quite like, I always feel like like there's no top layer. It's just like muscle and nerves. Ooh. Uh, or are you feeling a bit like you're slightly healing? I think healing? that's waiting to come in a way. Oh, really? I think it's a bit, yeah, definitely probably quite a jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> a light, is it light summer jacket? Like or? a skin armour oh, on. Okay. Yeah. So do you feel like you're still kind of in the shock bit of just like... Nothing's yes. quite real yet. I think I'm definitely, um, and I, I, there's probably going to be times I'm going to sound a bit bonkers, um, <laughs> but I'm still in the the stage of, oh, she's just gone away for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get a phone call, or she's just going to turn up. Um, yeah. I think that's very common, though, isn't it? Because yeah. you just can't. I always had, my dad went away a lot for work. Uh, so initially, after he died, it didn't seem that weird. Because right. he would often go away for like two or three weeks at a time. He used to work in America and in Europe and stuff. It wasn't that uncommon for him not to be in the house. So for the uh, beginning, it did almost, you were like, it just feels like he's gone away on a work do. Yeah. And so it didn't, it took a while to sink in. And it is, it's, yeah, it is, maybe that was a shock as well. So how did your, what happened to your mum? So she got diagnosed with breast cancer about three years ago, maybe a bit more, and cut a very long story short, uh, that went successful in the sense that they seen they, she didn't even have to have chemo, she had radiotherapy, um, that that went quite quickly, um, they was able to remove it uh, really successfully, and it, she even seemed like she had a new lease of life afterwards, wow. you know, I think there was a euphoria. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, we, we joke about how, you know, I think she, she, my sister, I think she quite enjoyed her trips to the <laughs> Because we took it in terms of she got to see her daughters. Yeah. I mean, we always, are reg- you know, it's four of us girls and they're all very close to my mum. And we've always, you know, t- taken it in turns to make sure that um, someone was seeing her every yeah, week or yeah. whatever. We had a roto. Yeah, nice catch up time. Go for a little, you know, as she got stronger, go for a little lunch, blue water afterwards, <laughs> you know, all that sort of thing. My mum, you know, loved going out for a treat. And that all went thought wow and then this year and now obviously everyone has something that they beat themselves up about yeah. and ours is just like she'd been poorly uh like i keep saying this year but it's last year now uh, in 2016 she'd been getting weaker and weaker and we didn't know why mm. and now it just obviously it's obvious but so you just didn't connect it to but that she wasn't complaining cancer. of any right. uh, particular pain anywhere yeah and the reason we later found out was because the, so the cancer had come back, but it it'd gone to the bones. Uh, and apparently, it's, you know, it's quite common that it sort of moves around. So yeah. it wasn't like she was like, oh, I've got a pain in, in my breast or I've got oh, a pain. yeah. And with bones, isn't it? Like it can move to different areas. Yes. Because my mother-in-law had that. And it was, you can get severe pain in your leg one day and then yeah, it's exactly. not there. It's moved. And yeah. she had diabetes. She had all these arthritis. So you just, when she was getting weaker, I actually thought she was just getting depressed because it's quite common for old people yeah. to, you know, you've got the euphoria of getting over the cancer. That sort of worn off. You know, I'd had my wedding. She had that look forward to. I had my baby. And I just thought, oh, maybe she's, you know, a bit depressed. And she was really giving up and not coming out. Yeah. And, and now looking back, so last um, August... She looked terrible at, you know, Huxley's like first birthday party. Yeah. And we didn't know. So then suddenly she had a she had a series of falls and then it was the last one that they which we don't know why they didn't do it X ray the first bloom in time, that that's when they found it. Oh, God. On uh, so she'd gone into hospital, she'd been there about two weeks and then they were like, She's not getting up. She's not she can't wait there. Yeah. They did a C C T scan, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. And that's when they were like, It's come the cancer's come back and it's, you know, it's in her bones. And that was Halloween. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I had a Halloween party planned. 
Um, and how old was she? Because she's a. I know she's you 82. talk about your nun child status in like there's yeah. four of you. Yeah, you're the youngest, so she yeah. was. So she's eighty two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's difficult, I guess, because everyone's going, "Oh, she's old. She's yes. just in having a bit of trouble, pain, falling." Yeah. No one's kind of going, "Oh, maybe it's actually this cancer." Yeah. And if, if no one dared say, but if anyone says she had good innings, I think I'd punch them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you had that? Have you no. had any? And now I get it, like because I probably said the same when people's grandparents died, at, mm. like in their nineties, and you were like, oh, well, the, you know, they did well, and it, you just think, that's got, I don't care if they're thousand years old. It's yeah. like it's just, you know, it's just devastating. Whatever age is what. I mean. Yeah, I definitely. Think we, you know, my sister says we always knew this day was coming, mm-hmm. like you do, but then when it comes, it's just nothing prepares you for it. But, yeah, and can so. we, do you mind if we talk mm. about the fact, so you lost your dad as well? Yeah. So how old were you when so you lost ha- your dad? I think, yeah, having, so having my mum having me a bit late, it meant a lot of my relatives, did, it did literally feel like from the age of five, I was nicking little sherries at funerals, <laughs> you know, that was, I was quite sort of like with it about death. Oh, see, I think we have similar, because I went to so many funerals <laughs> that I was like, oh yeah, funeral. Yeah, where's what's the wake? What we having? Where's yeah. it going? What pub? Oh, I don't like that pub. Like in the vicar, I'm a cigarette. I remember oh, it was so God. cool. Um, and then my dad died when I was four days shy of my fourteenth birthday. Oh God! But um, I feel a tinge guilty when I hear you talk about your dad because we have very different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I just in the sense that. I really must have just tucked it in a bag. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, because I just got on with like I don't, all of a sudden I don't remember getting upset, but I don't. But I think I think don't underestimate the difference between fourteen and fifteen. Like, because I was fifteen, mm. and I think fourteen, I can imagine I well, was thirteen because I was just fourteen. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely still felt like a baby. Yeah, and, and I d- I felt very much like a teenager. I was very much like or did really, you know? Yeah, I was. I was very much. I'm an ad basically an adult but no one's treating me like yeah so it's a big difference in that year yeah and I was just getting to know my dad that's I'm sure if I'd yeah it'd been another year and it was very sudden so we'd been out to the pub that night uh, which we never really did which is quite weird and then he had a heart attack in the night oh god yeah really sudden to me apparently my mum knew his heart was getting worse but she never told us Oh my goodness! He didn't want us to know. He's a very private man. Didn't yeah. have a fuss. All that sort of thing. So you're suffering, which we haven't really talked about in the podcast. Of like, you've now lost both parents. Yeah, I'm an orphan. You're an orphan. <laughs> she says, she says as if like that now means you can be in a musical. Like, I'm an orphan. Uh, I'm waiting for Madonna to adopt me. <laughs> Um, I know you make jokes, but comedy gets you through. Yeah, yeah. If you don't laugh, you cry. As my mum always says, that's my yeah. my when people. Well, I, my mum did say yeah. that as well. People always say, why do you do podcasts about your dad's death? And I'm like, because my I was brought up with it. If you don't laugh, you cry, which makes you think, well, you might as well talk about these things. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'd even even through some of the darkest days with my mum, and weirdly, some of the darker days were before she went to the hospice because she was in a, in a hospital for a little while that was awful. She was on a dementia ward and it was ordered. But oh, we had one God. day we were sat there and we were listening to one of her favourite songs, John Denver, and all my sisters were crying. This was when she wasn't really with it. She mm. weirdly become, which is, you know, with cancer, you can sort of come in yeah, and out. Got, yeah. Like there, we just thought she were going to lose her right now. Uh, I mean, it ended up only being like a couple of weeks later. But yeah. um, she was so out of it. And so she's like almost unconscious, and John Denver's playing. All my sisters are crying, and all I was thinking was, "You're ruining Mum's favourite song." <laughs> you know, but that, that thought came into my mind. I yeah. thought, "Oh, why does it come into your mind?" But it like, just does, doesn't it? it just and does. my sisters all say, they all say to me like, and I sometimes worry that it comes across like I'm not feeling. They go, "You're very good." Like it's weird that I'm the youngest, but yeah. I I seem to be one of the strongest. I wonder if that's because again, I I don't have three sisters I've got an older brother but I think being the youngest sometimes I think thing, a lot of stuff has been shielded from you mm. so I wonder like I'm a bit lighter about things and then as I've got older I think oh maybe no one was telling me how bad some stuff so I'm like oh it'll be alright come on guys we'll yeah. get through this and then you think maybe I just hadn't seen I hadn't been around long enough to get like I don't know yeah. like bleak about things in the way that my brother had has got four years on me yeah so I think, it's true actually like his relationship was so different with my dad and even my mum but I think I Something about being the youngest is you. The youngest tends to be a bit more cheery, a bit more. 
like. Yeah, maybe. Because now, now I think now I've had these experiences with my mum, which I feel like I've really experienced death and you yeah, know. Like, yeah. Uh, I, now, if I you know go through it again, I'll, I think I will be that woman. Because I think what my sister told me in the corridor when we first found out that it it come back. And originally, it was three months. That's what they said, roughly. They couldn't yeah, give a date. Yeah. And I apparently, you know, I just went. Right, okay, right, right, you know. And yeah. she was like, are you all right? And I was like, yep. And, yeah, and but the, I, I wasn't holding anything in. No. I just took it very matter of fact. But then I wonder, again, I'm just psycho- like, what's the word? Armchair psychologising. That's not a word. <laughs> I'm armchairing. I do the same thing. And I wonder if that comes from losing someone as a teenager yeah. and not wanting to be vulnerable. So being like, yeah, okay, fine. Yes. Sure. When they told me my dad was sick, I was like, okay. Did you? I remember just being like, okay. Like, because I thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you're I should so cry. You're so young, though. You've got, like yeah. you say, you've got no experience to... If you'd have just gone, that would have yeah. been a bit of weird, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe, but I think maybe you, maybe I'm saying, I'm armchair psychologising. Yeah. <laughs> armchair psychology, I think. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that you, that's what we have got good at, of being like, okay, like, I'm not going to yeah. emotionally react yet because I'm not quite sure what I should do. So maybe the same thing happened with your mum, of just like, okay, like... That's how, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I've definitely lost it, if you can lose it, more than obviously I did with Dad because it was just such a different situation. And I had Mum to look after. She Obviously, she really lost it. And, and all my sisters kept saying as well, because I say to them, this is so different. They go, but we then had all the love and we poured it into Mum. Yeah. And that's what that's what's also made us doubly sad is that you feel like I've got nowhere to pour the love. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. of our older relatives have died as well. Mm. So there's like... Not any, you know, my mum's lost, she's only got like one brother left and he's a horrible one. So <laughs> it's always know, them, isn't it? It's always yeah, you just sort of pour your love on to, mm. you know, that's that's how some people deal with grief, don't they? Yeah. You know, they don't deal with it and just like pour it somewhere else. Yeah. And I just literally, yeah, with my dad, I think I thought about this a lot. I'm like, what? I just went to school within, you know, a week or so I wanted yeah. to go back to school yeah. uh, I didn't want any sympathy I was like people come up and say something I go I'm alright yeah. um, you know I remember breaking up with a boyfriend that I was with you know <laughs> I don't think it's a good time um, you know <laughs> not in my diary it's not working <laughs> and then I was just like I don't want any sympathy and I didn't want the sympathy mm. I did develop an eating disorder about two years later so I think that's where the grief came out <laughs> yeah I was going to say it comes out Somewhere. Somewhere. And I think mm. also, like, definitely in 14, 15, you just, you just don't know how to process it. So it, it comes out in yeah. other and ways. And I just looked after my mum. I straight away went into yeah. Man of the House. She'd tell oh, you. really? She'd be like, yeah. She, she says sometimes... She, I still have a problem with the with the past tense yeah, word. Yeah. I hate it as well. Or I want to sort of, But if you start... if I, I realise if I start being with people, my mum saying they're still here, that people think I'm, like, some kind of weirdo. <laughs> But anyway, she would say, yeah, you just go, oh, I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for you. You know, you had to, you had to become like the dad and, you know, and look after her. So it must have intensified your bond with your mum. Did you feel like? Yes, I've thought about that a lot. Yeah. So then when you, now you have lost her, that's, you know, that's, it is maybe different from people who've had like both their parents around for a long time. Yeah. She always says, like, again, when I talked to her about... She never saw me come and do stand-up, which now is a regret. She saw videos, um, and I'd when if I talked to her about some of my material about having a child late in life and, and stuff, she'd go, well, I've always seen you as my little mate, you know. And, and now I'm going to get upset. Oh, <laughs> that's such a nice thing to say. And I think... So when my dad died, and I don't know how the decision came about, because I went quite hard, really, but... Um, I shared a bed with her for about six months. Now, interesting, because I've never admitted, but I did the same thing. Did you? Yeah, I moved in. I moved into the bed. And I don't remember if my, she asked me or I, I yeah, said. I, I, I just yep. remember it happening. And I've never really talked to her because I always think, is that really weird if I admit that? No. I, I moved in to the bed and I was there for about six months. And I don't remember... I don't know. Yeah, I just it just was it just what happened. Yeah, and we both used to like moan. My mum would be like in the morning, she went, "Oh, you kept me up for your yeah, you were kicking all night or something." And I'd be like, "Oh, well, you were snoring." And obviously, it was just like that need to be near and close to somebody. Yeah, yeah I just moved out of my bedroom, and I used to just oh. get chains in my bedroom, but that was it. Yes, it was like a super game, like a dressing room. Yeah, <laughs> which I think towards the end, my mum was definitely. 
by the end of six months, she was like, yeah, I think you just, yeah. you, now you're just appreciating you've got your own dressing room. I, I would like my room back. But yeah, I did the same thing. It was so well, We were right state one for a little while. We went both went through a like, nervous eczema. Oh. And so we're laying there at night, like, scratching. And we even had like towels like around our waist because I think we'd like scratch. But we both were going, oh, it must be bed bugs or something. <laughs> but looking back now, I'm like, no, it was definitely some kind of so, nervous yeah, eczema type thing. Emotional. Yeah, yeah we both had it. Scratch, scratch, scratch away. I think that's the other thing. If you lose one parent early, the other relationship becomes extremely heightened, like you said, because you sort of, they become mum and dad. Yes. And they become everything. And I think you're also a little bit more aware of what it's like to lose someone. So I yeah. definitely appreciated her a lot more because I was like, no, I know what it's like. I can't be like, oh, my parents are so annoying. I'm like, <gasps> like, no, she's amazing. I don't want to, like, I know what the other side yeah. is like. So it does turn it up that relationship quite a lot yeah don't you hate people moaning about I mean I know I moaned oh, about her no. So, but, no but it's different I can't I find it really difficult if people say oh my parents are so annoying I'm like I want to I'll say fuck off I just want to be like fuck you fuck yeah. you oh is your dad embarrassing fuck you like yeah. fuck, fuck you like, just, and I, I have to think to myself they don't understand it depends what the moaning is like if someone's yeah. genuinely saying oh my mum upset me or we have a difficult relationship but sometimes I've had friends who've been like oh like he just keeps calling me Oh. oh, does he call you? Does your father call? Oh. Does your father oh, love it's... you enough to call you? And I want to like claw. Them, like, does he love you? Like, got no idea. No, I know. I one oh. one good. I mean, you know, I know you've talked about this before. Like, good things that come out of it, but is that I think when my dad died, made us a very uh, don't we don't mess about, mate. If there's someone's a bit of an urgency, yeah. uh, particularly one of my sisters is brilliant. We are on it. There is no like, should we call the doctor? Should we, it is like, you know, hospital or it's call the doctor straight away. Any sort of, you know, uh, if we're in a hospital, it's straight up to the desk. Like yeah. we want service, you know, not, not being awkward, yeah, yeah. but you know, and, and, and I love that about them because I've been with other friends or boyfriend families and it's all sort of hold back and like yeah. hold on to make a it's like no we're straight there and we yeah. don't and and also you know if you do and we, we just don't mess about and i sort yeah. of love i do i love that thing about my family in the sense that someone i know close to me had a poorly dad and i was kind of like going oh you know thinking they should go and visit the mum and help out the mum and it's all kind of like oh no she's all right see we, we, we wouldn't have yeah, that yeah. we'd be we'd be making sure <laughs> yeah. you know mum's got food and mum's doing this and looking after herself and all like yeah. just, just yeah I mean. yeah and I totally know what I mean I think sometimes people don't realize as well that people don't realize unless something's happened to you yeah they don't know what how isolating and lonely and scary it can be so like yeah you you have to make sure people are okay or just you know or just being in hospital people yeah. are very scared of hospitals yeah. and with my dad as, as I say he, he'd had a series of heart attacks before so from a little girl I I'd seen him have a heart attack when I was about uh, six or seven oh, and wow. I just got whisked off and I just remember seeing him look very pal yeah. um, but and then, and then there was other uncles and aunties you know as I say dying or going to hospital so I, I'm, quite, I'm quite chilled out with hospital <laughs> so your mum was in hospital for a bit yeah not that long as I say at first it was just because she'd had a fall and mm. they couldn't work out why she wasn't weight bearing so she'd been there back I guess it was all in all probably about three weeks in the end and then when it gone from well look he was a bit like how long is a piece of string yeah. everyone says don't they how long how long how long and they, they can't really tell you is what I've always understood they, can't, they don't really have a clue because he was like it, it depends on a, on the next test if it's yeah. gone to any organs you know at the moment it's the bones don't know. and he was like put it up this we're, put, we're putting a care package in for three months mm. so but obviously you're hoping for a miracle but yeah. that three months at least gave us something yeah, yeah. to aim with we did not expect, and that's when I did lose it a bit, was a week later to the date, they went, it's more like three weeks. And that was when it was just like, oh, whoa, because it's gone to the liver and stuff. Oh, so then they realised it had spread, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, so then that's when they were like put in for hospice and and stuff. Because we uh, we would have loved to care for her at home, but there are no facilities. So how long was she in the hospital? Two weeks. Two weeks, wow. Yeah. Were you with her on... Like for that whole time, and then when she died, were you guys um, with? We her? all all went in every day. Mm. Um, I I ended up. I think I missed one day. I think even it's so weird because you say hospice and you. Think, uh, I think even then I still didn't really. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I did know she was going to die, but I still didn't really go in. Mm. And I just thought, 
I better not miss any more work. I went into work one day, which seems mad now, but... I think you make very odd... Weird decisions. The, I've said, I might have said this before, but the day he died, I said to my mum, oh, I don't want to go into hospice today. And she was like, I think you have to, because she obviously knew. And I was oh. like, I said, I just want a break. Yeah. And I thought, I'll go tomorrow. I went, I've been yeah. every day this week. And I, in the back of my head, I did know what was happening but I just I think I wasn't willing to look at it yeah and then my mum was like you have to come and I was like oh she's gonna make a fuss about it but didn't think she's making you come because he's going to die today but I couldn't yeah you just it's just I find it's like in the corner do you know what I mean like you just can't quite look at it but yeah you need someone to go uh I think you need to yeah that day I was like well I could go in after work and I sort of you know I rang up and obviously stuff I think I sent a video (laughs) to play mum um and I'd be like, is she, you know, how's she doing? And they were like, oh, she's in good spirit sort of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. But actually, but also, my sister made a really good point. And I say this as a advice to anybody visiting anyone in hospital, even whether you know they're dying or not. It's the the common thing is to go, oh, they're they're having a good day. Leave them. No. Yeah. The good day is the day to go and see them. Yeah. But we all do. We all go, oh, they're feeling all right. I'll, I'll they let don't them need someone today. Yeah, actually, that's when you need to go in, which sounds like an obvious thing, but we all sort of... So you were going in and then you were at work one day. Oh, so I only missed one day. Yeah. And and then the day... It's a sort of lot, isn't it? The, the day that she... The night she died, she died literally like, as far as we know, five past 12. Mm. Because that's when the nurse doing their rounds and uh, yeah. she went in half past, uh, five past twelve and found her dead but my sisters had been there till about nine o'clock that night right we have theories that we you can imagine us four Kent girls <laughs> not quite a lot that we think all the time we sat around that bed chatty 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 she's not gonna go anywhere mate. yeah yeah <laughs> and we have theories that she sort of let herself go when they're, we're not there chatting. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, because maybe she didn't want... Either she's holding on. Yeah. Um, because I'd love to sit here and say she was ready to go, but she wasn't. Yeah. Because when she first heard her, the diagnosis, she was like, no, I thought we had gone, you know. And she did get upset and she did get a bit panicky and she was like, oh, you know, um, I wanted to see... Huxley, she goes, I've made my mind up. I'm going to be here till he's eight. She's got that in her mind. Oh. And I wanted to, you know, she said, I want to see my sister's twins get married and all these other, this niece get, you know, boyfriend or whatever. And so she did go a bit panicky. Mm. So when, then she sort of seemed to go a bit unconscious for, uh, she went really poorly in the hospital. But then when we went to the hospice, she came quite, quite with it. Yeah. And, the doctors were asking her, as you get more poorly, uh, and she seemed to forget that she was in hospice. Oh, right, yeah. She seemed to think that she was just in like a, a private-type hospital. Because originally, originally, like months ago, we, we when she went to hospital before and had a fall, they wanted to send her to one of these like rehab places. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Where, where people that have got arthritis and stuff. To, and she said no to it. So I think she thought she was in one of them because she got, oh, this is nice, isn't it? Posh. Who's paying for this? She kept saying. <laughs> and so I think she thought she was in one of these. But the doctor said to her, as you get more poorly, uh, do you want to know? And she said no. Oh, wow. And I happened to be, it's only me, I happened to be there when yeah. she said that. So I was witness to her saying that. And she said, what about your daughters? Do you want them to know? She went, yes. And then my mum's also got a partner, companion friend. Uh, she said she didn't want him to. She didn't feel like he could take it wow so she was very, very strong of her but then that's why when um, a couple of days later she seemed to sort of forget and she did start but she was getting a bit like you're all coming in a lot and she said am I on my last oh wow what did you say and it's one of the hardest things and I know one of my sisters really struggles with it but we lied because she panicked that first time yeah and I was there when she said something she didn't want to know we just sort of like, oh, well, I was rubbish. I sort of just went quiet. And my other sister was brilliant. She just went, no, mum, I'm just, you know, this hospital's nearer for me. So I'm just coming in. Like, I just sort of froze. Yeah. Trying to think of something to say, like, that. so I wasn't lying. 
That's so complicated, isn't it? It's really complicated. You know that she doesn't want to know, but maybe she should know. And then suddenly you're in the position of a parent making a decision, really. You're the child having to make yes, a decision about your mum. Exactly. But you are not used to, you're used to your mum making decisions about you. And I remember at one point, I think she did say something like mumbled, like, well, you wouldn't tell me, tell me anyway. Yeah. So we'll never know, really, what she might have said to the nurses yeah. and they said to her. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So they she might, might have asked them. Yeah. She might have, like, when you were not there, kind of gone, oh, okay, tell me And they're more. trained to say yeah. it in a better way yeah. or whatever. And my mum's always been old-fashioned that she'd, no matter what she got wrong with you, you, you tell her it's this. She wouldn't listen and tell it's a doctor anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so who knows? But uh, I do sit, from a selfish point of view, I never got that um, proper goodbye. Mm. But I sit well with it in the sense that now I've learned things about death in letting go and that we all think it's like the movies. Yeah. I don't think you have the proper goodbye. You get this, you think that you're going to say, tell them, look, you're going, so is there anything you want to say or do, blah, 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 blah. Actually, imagine if I just told you right now you're going to die in in the next couple of days. Would you want that panic or would you rather just live your life normally? Yeah. I think... Now I've experienced with my mum, what we were trying to do was just give her lovely moments. Yeah, and to be, and also I know, not saying at all she had a good innings, but she was an eighty-two-year-old woman, yeah. so it's not, you know, you don't want to panic. I wouldn't want to panic yes, an eighty-two-year-old woman. It would be different woman. if she was a twenty-one-year-old. Yeah, girl. yeah, like uh, I feel like that would be very different. Yeah, she's eighty-two. I feel like yeah, put your feet up and just yeah. Take a moment, have a cup of tea, and like enjoy. They it. did say it's quite common. They keep forgetting, so can they yeah. not keep repeating it? Yeah. So then it's like just let her have these, and it really is moment to moment. Every yeah. every second a minute counts. You know, yeah. we were like, put it, my mum loved birds, and so there was like this bird table my sister found in the garden, and she had this lovely view from her bed, and she, my sister made sure the gardener brought this bird table round so she could see it and well we wheeled her out in the garden all that sort of all that sort of thing she got two weeks to have a bath unfortunately I had this like big jacuzzi bath oh things. wow I wanted her to have one of them but uh, it was it was because she uh, to top everything else off with the previous fall she'd cracked her shoulder oh god and hip so they couldn't really you know yeah do too much uh, yeah she screamed too much in pain oh, so god. um yeah but we did get her out in the garden um, just watched Huxley run around in the garden. They have like lovely gardens and stuff. Hospices are amazing places. I never thought we all had this sight of relief when yeah. we went there. Anyone would think that sounds mad? No, I think hospices are honest. It's like everyone yeah. knows why you're there. And I think in hospitals, it's a, it's a bit trickier because it's like, oh, what you know, they're having treatment. Is it working? No one. Knows. When no. you get to hospice, it's like conversation over. So they don't need, in a way. They just need to be nice places. Because, yeah. yeah, my dad's one was... He was attached to a hospital, and the hospital was fucking horrible. Like, not anyone's fault. It's a very old right. Victorian building and, and quite... Ugh. But I remember the hospice being, like, friendly and light, and there was a garden, and there were lots of kids visiting people, and you did feel like, oh, I guess everyone everyone knows what's happening here mm. <laughs> like there's an on a bit like a birth center it's like it's here for one yes, thing you're right it's here yeah. for one thing it doesn't need to pretend to be anything else or struggle to be anything else it's like it's here to let people go so what does it yeah. need to be calm quiet clean great let's do that <laughs> like, and i think you know god bless the nhs but the trouble is if you've come from like mum mum was in a dementia ward <laughs> you know she had many yeah. things but she was didn't have dementia so she did while well, she was you know, she got this diagnosis and I got really angry about it. I was just like, she is not dying in this ward, you know, with yeah. like all this craziness going on. So it was just so relief to get her in this lovely place. Yeah. And it probably sounds mad to anyone else, but we got her settled in, put the telly on. She had a little can of gin and tonic. Oh, lovely. And we went and celebrated in the Toby Calvary. <laughs> we were just like... <laughs> My sister went, spotted a Toby Calvary down the road. <laughs> And it sounds mad, but the relief of just like, because you've been in the hospital and bless them, it was just a nightmare. No one, the communication was terrible. No one knew it was going on. And also she was in the wrong place. In the wrong place. If she'd had dementia, then yeah, that would be the right place for her. But yeah, it's, yeah, my dad was on like a mixed ward and it's people with like broken legs or stuff. Like it's really weird. Like they're trying to to deal with everything, aren't they? the hospitals generally. But when you're sitting there and you've got this diagnosis to deal with, then you've got some woman who's just shouting out next door stuff like, come get me! Oh no! (laughs) Or whatever. Sexual exploits that she seems to be shouting out like some 90-year-old. You're like, oh right. 
Oh my god. Oh yeah, lots of comedies. So your sisters had been there, mm-hmm. and then she had. They found her dead at midnight. I guess you said five past midnight. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, me. I I'd been there, which is weird because it was the one time I hadn't been there. Normally, I would sort of go in there all day and into the night, or I'd be there night. But this was weirdly the one day that I didn't. I was in there in the afternoon, and I had an audition. <laughs> And I thought, I didn't want to go, but my agent was like, um, oh, they really wanted to see you before, but you were away. And I was like, and I just thought, it sounds awful, but I did think, what would mum want me to do? And I know she was always like different things. She'd be like, well, you've got to go, you know. And I thought, well, again, where we was, near train station, I'll pop up, I can always pop back. Yeah. But it was very weird because my life had been get up, get dressed, just about wear anything that's on the floor (laughs) in the bedroom go to the hospice, come home. Suddenly I was in Soho. That was all very odd. Yeah. And actually I didn't go back because I ended up meeting a friend for something to eat and I was, I was a bit like, oh, this is nice. A little bit yeah, but it's just like you feel like you're getting your head above the water, don't you? Like, yeah. It's just like you're going, <gasps> because actually what you're tasting is life because you're yeah. surrounded by death. And so yeah. to just have a breath of like, oh, normality and people living and it's not hospices and nurses and conversations about drugs yeah. and it, it is like it was very odd yeah but you can sort of feel your lungs taking it in can't you like oh yeah that's what I can tell you now I'm I did doing. not get the job and I don't blame them <laughs> I walked in like a maniac because I was just like hey <laughs> well, clearly but, you're not in a no, state I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have gone but you do the maddest things but the only nice thing is and I wouldn't have it any other way but there was never alone time around that bed because we all love her. We all yeah. want to be around her. And if it wasn't my sisters, there were friends and neighbours mm. and other family come to visit. But that afternoon I did have, it was only half an hour on my own with her. But sadly by this point, and she did only have really like one day and a half where she was completely out of it. Wow, so yeah. up until then we'd been having, even if it was weak, we was having conversations or yeah. she'd at least smile. But she was completely Gone. Because they'd up the pain relief. Oh yeah, the morphine stuff. Yeah, and yeah. she had the tubes because uh, yeah. she'd got oh bless her, she'd got thrush at the mouth. She'd got all sorts of infections, mm, and she was starting to get chest infections. So she had something helping her breathe yeah. towards the end as well. But that afternoon, and I found that she had this poem book, and um, I was flicking through this poem book. I'm just gonna because you're just sitting there, and I thought, oh I know you just think what can I do? I'm gonna I do chat I did you know I did chat and then I thought I'm just gonna read some of these poems out and so many of them were so depressing. I was like oh mum, it's her book, and I just ended up reading uh, some sonnets in the end. Um, but I just think well, at least I had that. Yeah. And um, I did say goodbye to her, but only goodbye to her in the sense that I would always say yeah I love you. I think it's tricky because, like you said, it's not like the movies. You don't get the proper goodbye and you get these moments. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast before. You get a moment. So you got this moment of reading sonnets mm. and you knew that she was listening and you'll get something that isn't what you expected. No. And you would ne- if I had said to you two years before, what do you think you'll be doing when you're on the day that you're, you say goodbye to your mum? Yeah. You never thought, I'll be reading her some sonnets. <laughs> but it's just, you get what is there. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to just grab it and appreciate that because... That's it. It's not, it isn't, I think it's that understanding. Like, it's not a logical situation. It's not no. like, and now I would like to tell you how you've made me feel. And they go, Ugh. oh, thank you so much. They're not in the state to hear anything half the time as well. So you well, can't. And it's going back to the panic. Uh, I keep calling it the panic thing, but I didn't want to panic her, which, you know, not telling her how long she's got was because that's why I would love to have, like, obviously now I just think, God, I'd, so many things I'd love to have asked. But if I'd have asked them, she would have known she didn't have long because yeah. there would have been those sort of questions. Um, the only thing I did say, I said, Mum, if you... And I tried to word it in a way. I was like, Mum, if you could have... If you not, for whatever reason, not been able to have a family and have kids, you know, what else would... Was there anything you, you know, wanted to do? She just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And it was like, fair enough. Fair enough. She literally, you, you know... the life you wanted to lead. She always wanted was to have kids. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I, see, and also I think that people want this goodbye moment, but actually the truth of your relationship when someone dies is not in that moment. It's in the relationship you've had with them, the past. Yes. So, but I think sometimes we're looking for this this moment that sums it all up, but it, you don't need that moment because obviously you were very close to her, you had a good relationship. Like, it, 
it's all the day-to-day stuff with yeah. that person that matters that sums it all up really you can't yeah. you know if you haven't had a good relationship with her then that is when that moment perhaps comes away more important I can understand oh I mean it wasn't always rosy I mean you know like saying about it, like I hate people that moan about the mum but I mean I mean I know I went through a stage where you know probably like a delayed teenager because my teenage years were like put on the back burner yeah, yeah. I think I did go through a phase where I was bloody difficult you yeah. know and um, yeah I led to a, I was a bit of a I don't know just a bit <laughs> bit trouble hats yeah just like uh, my sisters would say don't get on to mum I got on to you know, I'd, get, I'd get on to her yeah, a lot yeah yeah um, but I do think again I, I haven't read enough about it but I would love to read more I think if you lose someone in teenagers you I completely agree delay it goes on pause yeah like I paused my teenagers definitely and then it mm. came out a bit later because it was yeah. like how can you how can you throw your toys out the pan and be like everything's so unfair when someone's fucking died yeah like, you got, like no one cares about your angst do they like they're all your your sisters your family are dealing with the death of a parent was you there when he died or did someone tell you no we I was there yeah we were all in the room because we'd right. sort of I, I have no idea how long we were there for like I couldn't maybe it was a week I, do you know what I mean time yeah. doesn't really at that point but we were definitely we hadn't stayed we'd been going home and then that night we stayed and I think we were up all night like taking it in turns and then he sort of I think he died in the morning yeah he died in the morning um, so we were all there but it was a very strange and then again I think because he was young so you didn't have that kind of like he was 44 so you didn't have that like oh they're old and they're it's just like oh, yeah. it's, you're watching someone really die of cancer like you can see that's that's the only thing causing all the problems yeah. kind of thing. so I wonder if they're he was sort of he was definitely in and out before that there were like you said moments where he was completely gone yeah. like four days before and then suddenly back and then absolutely fine and then I remember coming in to see him and being ushered out I remember like just getting shoved out because something was happening and he wasn't with it oh. he was shouting or something and I like I was, like, walked in the room and then like was just pulled back out again and was like and they were like go, in, go to the cafe you know Ooh. like so see oh, my sisters I, I didn't experience it maybe it was good that I didn't because that's the thing I'll always I was the baby and I'll yeah. always be the baby. I think there was definitely things that she didn't... Well, I know there was things she didn't tell me even before she was ill. She was, I got told the least. Yeah. Um, like you say, the shielding thing. But the, the, my, my two of my sisters, bless them, I know had a horrific night where she uh, just... We'd had this lovely mum in all her life, but particularly in, in the hospice, bless her. But then one night she freaked out. Oh, and uh, even to this day, I don't think they've told me everything. She was just really shouting horrible things. Oh, no. Yeah. and um, But she calmed down and then she was like, where's Tom? I want Tom to come and get me. And that was my dad. Oh, God. But, but in a way, that was nice than what she was shouting before. She yeah. was shouting, <laughs> apparently she was swearing, which my mum never did. <sighs> just suddenly was like... And it must be the... The cans are going through them or something, something kind of rage because yeah. she just was like, get me out of this. She was like, it's like a cop, this bed. Get me out. And, you know, and she couldn't, they couldn't move her. So oh, God. They, my sister said that was the worst night. It was so horrible. Not yeah. to, so, you know, it's good to be protected. And not... It's funny. I definitely think the youngest, yeah, you do get, I don't know if you have this, like I always feel like no one tells me stuff. So I'm quite chippy about it. I'm like, I don't know what's going on because I feel uh. like I'm shielded from things and I find it very irritating. But then actually, you sometimes forget it does. It's also doing you a favour. Yeah. <laughs> like you aren't having to deal with some things that are really tricky. Well, there's not been much protection now. <laughs> I think now it's all Gloves out. Gloves are off now. Shit, how yeah. you can deal with it. That's it. Nothing to. Um, I think they and my sisters all think I'm the toughest now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Did you get a phone call the next day? So it was. From the original diagnosis, it was less than a month oh, that God. she ended up dying. We got a phone call. We, you give them one number because they're yeah. like, we don't want to phone loads of numbers. So give us one number in case we're having to say it's a matter of hours. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to be phoning loads of people. So my we, that's the benefit of having an older sister. Yeah. You know, older sister, you, you take that number. You give your number. So then she got the call oh, to say God. that she died. And my sister called me. But I was like in shock because I was so expecting the call to be, she's got hours coming oh right yeah and that was hard because she just went she's gone and I just went what I, like like which is silly to say what but I just really thought it was going to be like she's got hours and I went 
Oh, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> he just said, and this was about half 12. Mm. I just dropped off to sleep. I think, what? I said, what are you doing? She went, well, I'm going in. I went, okay, I will too. And I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But, and I just put the phone down. Obviously, my husband guessed what was happening. And because we've got the baby at home, I just said, I'd got a friend on standby, bless him. I said, I'm going to call Ben. And um, he drove me to the hospice and we, we all went in. Because you don't know what, what you're going to do, get up and watch a film, you know. You don't know what, you're not going to go straight back to sleep. Oh, of course not. So we either, I guess some people would just all get together and just be yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. But we had no, we were like, where, oh, 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 where do we go? And even now, it sounds awful, but I was thinking the other day, I sort of miss going into the hospice. Yeah, well, it gives you a routine as well. Yeah. It gives you a very strict routine and structure and a very calm relationship with that person. Yeah. The rest of the world fucks off, and it's just you and them. You just, like you said, you're just, you know, like looking after a baby, I suppose. Yeah, it's just and my that, sister, you know, we had little jobs. One of my sisters, my mum had dentures. She'd, she'd hate me for telling you that. And my sister's job was cleaning her dentures, and she's like, I bloody missed, I'd love to clean her dentures now. Yeah, you know, no. I love doing that for her, something you, I could, you yeah. know, could do for her. I brushed her hair, put in curlers, you know, you do all these things. So, we'd, so I rushed there, we yeah. all rushed there, not knowing... What am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? And oh my gosh. Now I can get graphic now if you want. <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Got there. I, again, thought in my mind that she'd be taken off to a side room, but they kept her in. So she was in a room with other people in a hospice. Again, which to prepare anybody, you might think you can get your own private room, which actually you think that's a good idea. But mum likes being in the room with other people she yeah. liked life around her and being in a, your own room again would have been scary so I think she liked it we asked at one point would you like your own room and she said no yeah but when she died all they did was pull the curtains around mate so wow. there's a woman next to her asleep oh god because <laughs> my dad had a private room yeah because I think we were all staying so like we were all sort of like right. sleeping on the floor like, there was so, beds upstairs, they said, if, uh, if you've been in right. But everyone lived quite nearby. But apart from me, I was quite far. But So they just pulled the curtains around? Yeah, but of course... No, don't want to wake, don't wake anyone. <laughs> no, no, not being rude. The other people, they're dying as well. They sleep soundo, mate. <laughs> they're not even... <laughs> You'll be all right, love. Yeah. Yeah. So I cut... The curtains... And I walked in and I was like, oh, gosh, she's still there then. They haven't moved the body or yeah. anything. I'd go in, all my sisters were already there. Well, I suppose if you think about it, it's very quick, really, because she died, they called your sister, you're probably in there, what, like 45 minutes, half yeah. an hour? Yeah, so, really quick. Yeah. So, the cur- this is another comedy moment, we all talk about it. The cur- I couldn't get round the curtain. <laughs> so I'm trying to get in, I had to end the day, I had to lift it up. Oh my God. And I get there, and they're all sat around there crying, and oh my God, I don't know what I thought she was going to look like, but it was not good mm. and it was a shock and they said suddenly I became their little sister because they were like your little face Aww. they were like you just look so shocked and it was like <gasps> she's really gone mm. I think that's another thing yeah it's very hard to prepare anyone for these things but having seen a few dead bodies it's yeah just a few it's um <laughs> it's a really it's really strange how someone isn't there yeah, you think it's just going to look like they're asleep. No, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're gone. And that's how I can... <clears throat> I'm not especially religious, but I'm definitely spiritual. And I feel like you can see their their wholeness, their spirit, their who that is gone. And you're looking at literally like meat. It's like, well, I could, it's just bones yeah. and flesh. It's so weird. It's such a strange sensation. I think and unless you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Because you'd had the machine... So everything was really moving, yeah. and all, and then suddenly it was just like, it, I, I said this to somebody else, and they said exactly the same. I don't know if it was you. I said it was like death had just gone out of mouth. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, amazing in that sense. It yeah. was like, wow, life just go. Yeah. And I think <laughs> because she had these false teeth, and I think my mum, my sister had said because she hated having them out. But they had to have them out while she had all this machine. So I think my sister had asked to put them back in, but I think it was worse because she just was like Ken Dodge. You know what I mean? <laughs> laying there. And I went, I can't, I'm like, I, I, said, I can't look at her. My sister went, is it the teeth? I mean, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. And she's like, at one point, like, 
I said, I really want to kiss her, but I've, I was so scared of yeah, yeah. what I was going to feel. Mm. Because every day I'd been going there holding her hand and, and, you know, she was so warm and everything. I was, like, a bit scared. And my sister said, look, if I <laughs> cover her mouth... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so in the end, I just kissed her arm, which was still quite warm. Oh, that's nice. So that tells you how yeah, yeah how near it was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I did hold her hand for quite a while, actually, until it was getting colder and colder, which was... Just, oh, wow. Like, wow, you know. And then it got to a point where it was, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had a cup of tea. Yeah, you do. Did you have any... Did you feel like she was there or anything like that? Did you have that moment or did you feel like she's off, she's gone, wherever she's gone? I think I did feel like she wasn't... She'd gone. Because I remember saying this weird thing to my sister. I wonder where she is. <laughs> so, which sounds like a silly thing to say. No, but it was just like, Where is she? That was this weird... And yeah. I don't mean... Like in a way, when people go, where is she? I just meant was like, where is she? And you know, because you know something's gone. Yeah. So I think your brain is like, well, then where is it? Yeah. <laughs> Where's it gone? You can't just go. Yeah. This to anyone listen to this who's not experienced death must go. That's just what death is. But honestly, when it happens, this weird sensations you really do just like I've heard you talk about before. Like you just really realise what death really means. Yeah. <laughs> They're obvious. We, I just remember finding something funny. Um, my sister remembered afterwards. She went, I swear when we were sitting around mum's deathbed, she was dead, and the husbands were in the waiting area, and one came in to ask if we wanted a cup of tea. And she said afterwards, a couple of days later, she went, I'm sure Tom came in because he'd been so used to coming in like that. Like, they didn't, the men, bless them, they didn't sit around the bed all the time. They, yeah, yeah. A lot of time they'd go off to work and come back, whatever. But Tom would always come in and sort of give my mum a nod. And she said, I swear when he came in, when she died, he went, nod. <laughs> what, he wants tea or coffee. Yeah. That automatic thing. Of course. I think that's quite sweet, really. Now, I wanted to talk anyway. to you a bit because you, as you mentioned, have a son. Yes. who is now one and a bit. 19 months. 19 months. Is, I know. Yeah, I haven't figured that bit out yet about the months thing. Um, so your mum obviously saw him yeah. and knew him. How? Because I'm now approaching this and you're the first person I think on the podcast who's had, well, you first maybe... Well, Mothering I'm, without a mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, like, yeah, I've talked to men who had kids who've lost people. I think, okay, yeah. So, and obviously you're very new mother as opposed to yeah. having older kids how has that been do you feel is it hard having or does it help having to look after a child in your first stage of the grief because you do have to get up and you do have to get on with it Ooh, um well it's a it's a it's a bit of, a bit of both it's hard because sometimes i do say i wish i could just collapse on the sofa and drink mm. sherry and cry all day and I think sometimes, funny enough, this morning, my body felt like it was aching to have a good old cry. Oh, yeah, you've got to get that cry And in. it was the worst time because I was going off to do a show. <laughs> and I was like, I can't get in that place. Otherwise, I'd have took myself off and had a cry. Yeah. I was aching to cry. So it's being, it's good, but it's literally, you know, like, I mean, Alex could take, my husband could take a bit of time off work, but not much, really. Mm. And and then I'm straight back to just looking after him. And he is full on. It's not like having a tiny baby where maybe I could have just, like, you know, put Lorraine on and just had a cry. <laughs> He's full on. He's yeah. a full on toddler. And he has seen me cry a lot, bless him. Yeah. Weirdly, I've done a lot of my crying with him, like, just pushing the buggy with him. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't cry a lot with my sisters and stuff. Mm. I don't know why. And I'm not, I'm not physically stopping myself. I'm, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's like they're all doing it. And I do get a bit upset, but it is mainly on my own. And sometimes with him, because he does something, and I'm just so sad that mum won't see it. Yeah. Or I can't tell her or whatever. Or it just comes over me when I'm with him. Poor thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's, very, he's like... So, and I, again, my mum had so many sayings and things for everything. So everything that happens, um, I think... And she would say over the years, I remember if anyone died and they had a kid and say their partner died or something like that, she'd go, that baby will make, make them get out of bed every day. I mean, you know, like, that's yeah. a good thing. They've yeah. got a purpose. So it's good, 
I definitely, you know, my sisters of touch would be lucky enough to have sort of quite long times off work and compassion mm. leave and stuff like that. And, you know, have moments of losing it. And I just haven't because I haven't had time. Yeah. So get on with it. So it's yin and yang, really. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because I do think it must help in some way because you do still have a structure and routine, mm. which is probably similar to how it was when she was ill. You know, as in, yeah. you, you've got, I've got to be here, I've got to do this. That's what I'm doing today. You don't wake up and go, I don't know what I'm going to do today. It's like, yeah. no, no, I know what I'm doing. But then I wonder in a way, there's a danger of, like you said about your teenage years, that grief just going over here slightly. Yeah. And then, and then the problem with grief is, it's always going to come out. Like, yeah. this is, I think, maybe it comes from losing someone's teenage where you sort of think you can trick it. Like, yes. no, 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 I've got a system. What I'm going to do I've is got- <laughs> I'm going to just, like, not cry all the time. But I'm, I'm yeah. and it's like, no, grief is its own game. Like, you don't play it. It's, it, you know. Yeah. So I think it crept up on me this morning because it wasn't even like, you know, sometimes I'll see a woman with perm tail or whatever and it remind me of my mum or, or some little thing or some you know all these little things that remind you was nothing nothing had happened but just achingness to cry yeah and I was like oh this is a weird one I did, it's nothing's come up so who knows I put myself in for some uh, bereavement counselling good I as on the podcast I'm a huge advocate of bereavement counselling yeah. um there's cruise I don't know if you're doing cruise that's the one that yeah. I've um spoke to because just because it sounds awful as well but again I think like because my partner bless him he's younger and he hasn't had a lot of um uh, sort of thank thankfully deaths or tragedies in his life and he's really fantastic but he is someone I have to tell if I'm like I need to have a little bit of a breakdown (laughs) so and it can be very frightening yeah so uh, to book it in is better for us Mm. and I know you can't book in grief (laughs) no but to give yourself a space in your life where you can talk about it I think is really important and I know my husband when he lost his mum and he'd lost his dad as well but previously but obviously he was very close to his mum and he had several bouts of bereavement counselling and often prompted by me going I can't take it I can't take it anymore like I don't we've talked you've cried I I can't fix it. I don't know what to do. Oh. And just the well of sadness because you are, I think that's what, it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. Like the sadness is so deep. Oh. Like you're like, oh, we ain't done crying. Like yeah. You think, oh, I mean, I could do five hours if I wanted. <laughs> like, you know, but people look at you like, oh, you must be finished. You're like, no, yeah. no, I've got, uh, hang on, there's some more. <laughs> you're like, it's so, oh. it's got to come out. It's deep. It's got to come out. Otherwise you go crazy. So and again, of... my mum would say, you know, it's good for you to have a cry. Oh, yeah, always. And, so I, and, and one thing I wish I could help her, ask her now and help her <laughs> is to say, is to say, mum, how did you get over the death of your mum? Oh, yeah. That, because that's interesting. That's what they say about yeah. um, is, you, you know, your mothers teach you the way in yeah. things. And I'm like, so I'm always saying to my sisters, do you remember anything she said? All I remember her going on about was her dad. She was very close to her dad. Yeah, right. So I think, and I also remember her saying that her mum was used to bottle things and she's got, I think it made my mum ill because she just wouldn't cry. And you've got to cry. Make yourself ill if you don't cry. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd love to ask her that. Just that That's the other thing, I suppose, when, when people moan and why it grates is you can still ask them. Yeah. Like they can piss you off, they can embarrass you, they can keep calling you, but you can still fucking ask them yeah. stuff. You could just, you have a phone and you can yeah. ring them and you could say, what was that great aunt called and why yeah. did we not like them? Like the stuff like that, yeah. you think. I know my husband suffers that a lot. Like I sometimes go, oh, who was that? Um, you know, why was that uncle or that relative? And he'll go, oh, my mum knows. He'll be yeah. like, I can't remember because there's so, you know, there's so much family history and stories and. And you remember little bits, obviously. I think, oh, well, I hope no one... Obviously, if you are an only child, it's a very different experience. But I found having a sibling, and mm. obviously you've got four, it does help, I found, that's only my experience, because you have somebody to cooperate information. Yeah. So I just love having someone to go, did that happen? <laughs> like, yeah, they're much better than me. They have better memories than me. And obviously they've been here longer to the <laughs> more yeah. memories, but... Yeah, my, one of my sisters is, is very good. Well, they've all got good memories, actually. It's, I'm, I'm terrible. But you um, don't need to, because you've got the sisters. Yeah. That's why you've never had to, like, collate all those memories, because, you know, I'll just ask them. But one of my sisters, uh, my third sister, she's really good as well, because she'd started um, in the last sort of year and a half. She'd started, she got this book. 
I can't remember what it's called, Memories with Mum or something. And I advise anyone to get it. And it's got different sections and it asks questions. Oh, wow. Um, And so it would say something like, I don't know, Mum, do you remember what it was like when you gave birth to me or whatever? Yeah, right? But yeah. it's not all about you and them. It's all stuff. And so she started to do it with my mum. This is way before she was ill. Wow. And she said, apart from anything else, she said, you know, love mum, but sometimes going over to visit her, it was gave her something to a focus. Yeah. Because I think mum had started to get a bit, you know, down and stuff. So yeah. things like that. She really enjoyed it and blah, blah, blah. So she's good at stuff like that, my sister. Oh, that's nice. And You've she got kept, something. And she kept a diary when she was in the hospice as well. Wow. I'd love to ask her to read that one day. I someone once said to me, "Oh, why don't why don't you write about the why didn't you write it down in the hospice?" And I was like, "Do you have any idea of the pain? Like, how could I possibly?" And I, I always, I find it very hard to write things down when it's that painful. I really have to like leave it for a long time when it's. Yeah. I find it really difficult. I'm amazed. I know lots of people do express themselves that way and can write through it but I just couldn't the idea of writing it down meant it was real yeah I'd have to look at those words and they'd be real so I'd be like la 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 yeah. everything's fine we're not quite ready for that yet yeah no. I just I've, I find it it's incredibly and I think if you can do it you should yeah because it must be invaluable to look back and go oh I've changed and look how sad I was and I'm okay I'm coming through it in some way so do you think I mean it's hard isn't it but does does Huxley offer you does he help in that oh. way? Because oh, it's hard to be sad with a kid, isn't it? In a way, because sometimes they do things that are so adorable. You're just like, oh. Right. From that side, obviously, it's hard. But saying about Paul and your love, my love, that poor boy. <laughs> he's so loved. Yeah. All the love is just poured into him. And it, uh, this sounds awful to anybody that is lost a parent and hasn't got kids. But my sister said, I think it's got to be ten times worse if you haven't got kids and you lost parents. I don't know why. But maybe I'm wrong, but I'll yeah, never know because yeah. I've obviously, you know, especially with Mother's Day coming up. Oh, God. It yeah. feels a little tiny bit better because I'm not just the one. I'd be the one that's not a mum. Yeah. But, but then I would reconcile it in other, in other ways. Um, so it'd be fine. But no, it's definitely. Yeah, we're not advocating have kids in case yeah. your parents die. Yeah. <laughs> Although. I was being really careful about a word that. Yeah, yeah. Cause... But it, I think if. I've been so. I mean, obviously, my baby is very small, but I've been surprised at how, having suffered before from great wells of pain and sadness, that you think I can't possibly get out of this. And just, I mean, she has really good timing. Like her her fart timing is incredible. Like you can be really really crying and it's just, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, I guess I'll stop crying because that's that's hilarious. But it does it does offer. I can, you know, my mum says things like, you know, a glimpse of hope and yeah. life goes on. It's a reminder yeah. that life goes on. And especially because, like we said, you're very fresh and your mm. baby's very young. So it's a very, un, not unusual, but there's a lot of emotion going on right there. Oh, gosh. You yeah. Know, that's a lot to deal with rather than a child being older or, you know, your mum being young. All that well, stuff. yeah. I mean, if he had been like six, seven, then you're dealing with like, oh, why isn't Nanny here? You yeah, know, and. Yeah. Um, so, which is better but obviously that would have been better I'd much rather that yeah. obviously makes me feel really sad because he's not going to know her and all I can do is, it sounds like a cliche but he's, he's talk about her a lot yeah. and um, you know we did that a lot in my family I loved it, they all the people of the past that I didn't know really feel like they were a part of my life yeah. because I heard these stories of these fantastic women and men all the time so I, I think that's that's important. Yeah, you have to keep talking about them. You know, my mum, bless her, she was a bit bad sometimes because I didn't really know my nan that well. Yeah. And so, like, I'd ask things and I'd find out more for my sisters because yeah. they had lovely memories. So sometimes I'd be a bit jealous. But he's going to have what I had, which was my aunties took that place yeah. of, um, like, the nan place, you know, where I'd stay over with my aunties and they'd spoil me and give me sweets and da da da. Yeah. And that's what he's going to have. So, weirdly... Yeah, we again. We I talked about this podcast with Beth. I think when we're saying it isn't always who you think it's going to be that takes that role. That's I think that's when you've lost parents and you have that slight. Well, who will be who will be their grandparents? It's like they might have an extremely close relation with an uncle or an aunt. Yeah, it's not. It might not be the traditional movie. No, (laughs) which is again I I struggle with because I was very close to my my grandpa, Mm. and so I sort of think oh they won't have that. 
that you know that like yeah. that I have. But it'll just be different. It'll just be there'll be there's still people who love them in that family. Yeah, and it, obviously on my husband's side, he has a fantastic yeah. grandma and stuff. But um, I don't know if I'm allowed to just bring something up that I feel like is important. <laughs> Please do. It was just something we were saying that I was leading into it. Um, what I've, I just want to, I was trying to think how to sum up what I've learned about people dying so far. It's the thing, it's okay to say something. If you know someone has lost someone. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't not say anything. Oh, don't not say anything. Don't and ever not say anything. I know it's really awkward and we're all scared. Mm. And you, what are you scared of? You're scared of them bursting into tears? Mm. So what? But not everyone's brave enough, I know. But I've had... I've been really hurt by people that I've known quite well. Mm. Not it, it doesn't take anything, even if you just say, I'm sorry to hear about your mum. Yeah. It's done then. Well, it's Adam and I were talking about just to say condolences, you know, like even just yeah. something. And you can feel such an idiot for writing to someone or just saying, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about yeah. your news. I don't even mind if people use very Victorian language. I don't language. care. No, you just want it acknowledged. Because I was talking about this recently. It's like, um, to me, it's, it's, I also want to celebrate my mum. Yeah, And yeah. by ignoring... Imagine, if I'd blooming died tomorrow, I'd hate it if there were certain people that let's just say, came out of my house and didn't say anything. It's like, oh, what, what, sorry, it makes me scared. That, like, <laughs> sorry, if I just died tomorrow, you'd all just like, do, 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 let's just pretend she didn't exist. And it'd be like, no. No, I want I want to people to ask questions. To be wailing. A little no, cry. I want all that. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my... Thing that's that's my only bugbear is that, and I know it's hard because I was there before. Even though I lost my dad, I still would like if I knew someone had lost someone. It was like, oh god, I feel really awkward. And da, da, da. But now nah, I'm like, just say something because it's it's disrespectful to that person that's gone. Well, Hattie, that. thanks so much for coming to oh talk god, to me. I hope I've um, said the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And done, I hope I've done a good tribute to my mum. And not that that's what this is about, but um, yeah, definitely, I think so. Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me. That's all right. What was her name? Oh, Patricia. But we all called her Pat. This is for Pat. Yeah, thank you. You can follow Hattie on Twitter at Hattie Ashdown or listen to her show on Resonance FM every month. You can follow us on Twitter at The Griefcast or on Instagram at The Griefcast or email thegriefcast at gmail.com because you are not alone. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble and the producer was Kate Holland. Thank you so much for listening and I do have a cold this week which is why I sound weird in case you were wondering. Bye! Hold up! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.